0: Chapter 8 of 1 Corinthians, and my title for the lesson tonight is Just Because You Can Doesn't Mean You Should Just Because You Can Doesn't Mean You Should Just Because You Can Doesn't Mean You Should It's got got, got a nice rhyme to it, doesn't it? Look at someone around you and say, I can But maybe I shouldn't Okay, just because you can doesn't mean you should. So I'm going to read the chapter and then we're going to break it down and talk about it, okay? Chapter 8, 1 Corinthians. Food offered to idols, that's the title. It's a pretty applicable message, don't you think, for 2016? Probably more applicable than you think. Starts off there in verse 1, it says, Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up. As indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. However, not all possess this knowledge, but some, through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Whom Christ died, for whom Christ died. Thus, sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. Let's pray for a second. Father, we just welcome your spirit into this room. Lord, my prayer is that, Lord, you would carry the words from my mouth to the hearts and minds of those in this room, Lord, and that you would transform it into the message that you would have spoken tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so another question we see here, right? Uh, in the first verse, it says, now concerning. You see that? So last week, we were talking about a lot of questions that this church had that they were asking of Paul. Well, we've got another question tonight, and it deals with food offered to idols. So, the real question that they've put on the table is, is it okay today, in this time, to eat food that may have been offered to idols? And the reason this was such a big deal is because if you go back to the Old Testament, to the Levitical laws, uh, one of the things that you would see is that you can't eat food that was offered to an idol. And it's unclean, makes you unclean, makes you possessed, if you will. And the reason for that is back in, Uh, the old testament times this was a big problem you know people were sacrificing uh, animals and they were doing it to pagan gods. and this law was in there to basically keep them holy keep them focused on the one true god so as you can imagine now in this church pretty pretty uh familiar They have division. We've been talking about that, right? That's what this series has been about, is this divided church. And again, over this issue, we see that the church is divided. And they're really kind of broken down into three groups. Okay, They've got one group that's saying, listen, we're going to take a strict interpretation of the Old Testament laws. If you went back, you could read a lot about this in Leviticus. You could look in chapter 11 and chapter 17, Spend a lot of time studying this. They're saying, listen, we're taking a strict interpretation and you just can't do it. You can't eat any food that was offered to an idol. And if you know it, then you've got to stay away from it. Otherwise, you're going to become possessed. Okay? And then there was another group of, of believers in this church that was saying, listen, I, I don't know about that. Okay? But I know this. I used to be in that world. okay. I used to exist in that pagan idolatry world and I want nothing to do with it, okay? I'm, I'm not going back there. That, that's not for me, and I don't, I don't care about the strict interpretation. I just know that I'm staying away from any food that might have been offered to an idol because I've been down that path before, and it destroyed me, okay? And then there's this third group, this third group is saying, okay, listen, you guys have this wrong. You know, these, this food, it's just food, first of all, and second of all, um, there is no God other than the one true God. It's what they were talking about there in verses 4, 5, and 6, where he's saying that, you know, that there's, only, there's no real existence in other gods. There's only one true God. Went over and over to say that. And that's what they're saying. Is saying, listen, okay, there's only one true God. Okay, food is just food. So you guys have got this all wrong. And this third group is probably the group that was asking this question. All right, and they were, they were really kind of taking this view that you sometimes hear today, okay, in 2016, which is, listen, that was a long time ago. Those were the olden days, okay? Sure, there was a strict interpretation of, of this, this command, if you will, from God. But, you know, in Abraham's day where everybody was in the same kind of tent and, you know, there was this problem with offering food to idols You know, I can see how this is applicable, but we live in a different time. We've heard that before, right? We live in a different time. So today, there's just no way that this really could be the case. And if you look over just a couple of pages in your Bible into chapter 10, it it talks a little bit about this. It kind of tells you why they're going down this path. If you looked in verse 23 of chapter 10, it says, All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but, for, but the good of his neighbor. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any question on the ground of conscience. For the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. If one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner and you're disposed to go, eat whatever is set before you without raising any question on the ground of conscience. But if someone says to you, this food or this has been offered and sacrificed, then do not eat it. For the sake of one who informs you and for the sake of his conscience. I do not mean your conscience, but his. So you've got this kind of gray area that's developed, right? And, and this, this smart group from the church, and you know that you know, the ones that wrote the letter, they, they think they've got all this knowledge and they understand maybe more than everybody else, right? And you can tell that from the first part of the chapter You know, where where Paul is referring to this knowledge, this knowledge puffs up, and he's almost kind of making fun of him a little bit, right? He says there, it's in quotes, you can tell in your Bible, it says, we know that all of us possess knowledge. He's like, I know you guys are so smart, all right? I'm going to explain this to you, and you've come to me and said, hey, we've got all this figured out. Old law doesn't really apply in its strict interpretation because we've got this unique set of circumstances, okay? And Paul's like, I got it. You know, I was raised in the finest schools, uh, I've forgotten more about the law, okay, than you know. So he sets them straight and he says, I'm going to tell you, though, how you need to look at this, how you've got to view this. Because what they've done is, you know, like we do many times today, right, they have, they've really uncovered a loophole, right? They've got a small window that they can walk through. And, and it basically is this. It's like, okay, well, what if I go to the supermarket and I buy food that was offered to an idol, sacrificed for an idol? Does that count? Or what if I go to a restaurant and I have food there that was offered? Does that count? So what they're saying is, no, that doesn't count. That's not right. That's not, you know, that's not how you have to look at that Old Testament law. Okay, This is, this is a loophole. In the business world, we call this a, a gray area. Now, I always say about gray areas that if you have to explain why something is right, it may not be right, or at least it may not look right. Okay, So this is a gray area. They found a loophole here. But what does Paul say about this loophole there in verse 7? He says, listen, you're missing the point. Okay? The point's not that there's some loophole that you can get around that's given you the ability to eat food that was offered to idols. That's not it because you know, not everybody possesses knowledge. Not everybody knows this and not everybody understands the nuances of this kind of argument that you've made. Not everybody understands that, okay, I'm really not violating the law, okay, because I, you know, I really didn't know about it and it was at a restaurant and I'm not trying to offend anybody and I really just want to fit in, okay, I don't want to, you know, cause any trouble, right? So, so he's saying, listen, that's not the point though, because there's a lot of people that don't understand that. They don't get it. All they're doing is watching your behavior. They're just watching what you're doing, and they don't get it. And and there's also a whole other group over there that that they're just, they were infected by this before. Okay, this ruined their life before, and they don't want to touch it, no matter what. They just don't want any part of it. And, you know, Paul's probably in that third group that's asking this question. I think I would be firmly planted in that second group. I think I'd be the one that would be like, no way, I don't care. I don't care if it's... If I can do it or not, I know that I want no part of it. Okay, because that's what he's saying. It's like you're missing the point. You know, I started thinking about this in our own lives and today to roll this forward because it's kind of hard to get our head around, you know, the idea of food offered to idols. We don't see that very often today in Dallas in 2016. You know, but there's lots of actions that you could attribute to this, right? There's lots of things that we could talk about that would fit into this bucket you know, that is something that maybe harms your fellow brother. Because that's really what this is all about, right? This is what Paul's getting to. He's saying, listen, it's not about the, you know, the black and white of the, the rule and whether you've found a loophole. That's not really what this is about. What this is about is, is that your actions may be impacting your brothers in Christ negatively. Okay, and there's there's a bunch of things that we could talk about that. I think, you know, one of the one of the great, I think, uh, modern day examples of this is something that you see more and more nowadays, especially from anyone that grew up in church, you know, probably like this group, you know, knows scripture pretty well and you know maybe you know has been in church their whole life and you know they, they certainly don't want to be a legalist in any respect. You know, so we've got this new movement that says, hey, I can go drink. Right? Nothing wrong with it. I can have a glass of wine. I can get together with my my buddies or my girlfriends and I can have these parties and, you know, and hey, listen, I like the taste of it. It Tastes good. And by the way, Jesus drank wine, right? That's always the argument. Jesus drank, you know? So they found a loophole, right? They found a loophole the same way that they found a loophole here because, you know, if you look at the Bible, I mean, the Bible, you know, even if you could try to make an argument that it's okay, and I'm not, sitting here you know, condemning anyone if they drink. But if you could make the argument that it's okay, I mean, the Bible is pretty clear that you should not be drunk with wine, right? Ephesians 5.18 tells us that uh, do not be drunk with wine. That word drunk there means intoxicated. Okay, it comes from a word, I, look, I got the definition for you, it. it came from a word called intoxicant. And that word means this, something, usually a drink, that caused someone to become excited or confused and less able to control what they say and do. So to be drunk means something that caused someone to become excited or confused and less able to control what they say or do. Hmm. I mean, I was a professional drinker for about 30 years, okay? I spent a lot of time drinking. I spent a lot of time around people that drink. And I'm going to tell you, in my 30 years of drinking, I don't think I ever was around anyone or knew anyone that drank that this didn't happen to. Never never happened. I mean, maybe I was running around, with around, running around with the wrong people. Maybe I wasn't hanging out with the Christian drinkers. May have been the case. Probably wasn't. Too many Christian drinkers around me, but most of the people that I drank with, they enjoyed to get this, right? Excited, confused, all less able to make decisions, Okay. It was very routine in my life. I saw it over and over and over again, myself included, okay? So that's not really the purpose of this lesson. I'm just trying to make a point that the people that do this, they've found a loophole. They've decided, that. listen, I like it, it tastes good, Jesus drank, I can have one glass if I weigh a certain amount, I can have two glasses if I weigh a certain amount, if I'm really light and I haven't drank in a long time, you know, and I haven't had the Christian get-togethers in a while, I can only drink a little bit, I gotta stay in this little area here, because if I get too far and I become drunk, well, we know we're violating the law then, right? So they found... A loophole, a gray area, right? But that's not the point, right? That's not what Paul's saying. He's saying, listen, this isn't about loopholes. That's not the way we should be living our life. I found a quote from a guy named William Burroughs, and I don't even know if William, I I searched and searched and searched and searched to find out if he was a Christian. I honestly don't even know that he was a Christian. He was a writer, okay, for a newspaper for a long time. And he wrote this. He said, it is by their fruits that Christians shall be known, not by their disclaimers. That's good, isn't it? It says, It is by their fruits that Christians shall be known, not by their disclaimers. I mean, really, that's the loophole, right? Here's the disclaimer. It's like, okay, I, I'm going and doing this. I'm, I'm acting this way. I'm, I'm drinking. I can go to Facebook and see, you know, the parties. that We're, were studying the Bible while we we're doing it at the same time. Um, but the disclaimer is, I'm okay. I'm not doing anything wrong, right? I found a loophole. A little bit of a gray area there. So, you know, don't be a legalist. Don't try to come down on me, right? But it's not about the loophole. In fact, it you know, really speaks to that in verse 8. It said, food will not commend us to God. It's not about this, this loophole. It's not about the food. This, all of that is outside of what Paul is trying to teach them and answering their question, right? What's important is the fact that we hold influence over other people, right? What we do matters, right? How we act matters, okay? It matters not only to our Christian brothers and sisters that are around us, because that's really what this is dealing with. It's about making a brother stumble or fall. But I would also add, it's for anyone that's watching you, right? It's for anyone that's watching you. And we know he talks about watching here in verse 10. It says, if anyone sees you, they're watching you, right? And if you're a Christian, you know, I hope somebody's watching you. In fact, I hope it's somebody that you're pouring your life into. Because the Bible tells us that we're to go and make disciples, right? We're supposed to pour our lives into other people's lives. And let people pour their lives into ours. So if you're discipling somebody, what by definition is happening? They're watching you, right? I hope they're watching you. I hope they're watching how you live your life. You know, what you stand for, what you believe in. I hope, they're, I hope they're watching what you're doing. Okay, if you're a parent in this room, I promise you, you have a child that's watching you. Somebody that's watching you. If you've got a sibling, they're, I'm sure they're watching you. Your friends, your coworkers, Okay, people are watching you. Some of those are believers. Some may not be believers. Some may be confused believers. There's some people out there. There's a lot of people in that church, okay, Saturday night and Sundays that think they're going to heaven that aren't. I hate to say it, but it's true. There's people in there on Saturdays and Sundays that think they're going to heaven, but they're not. Okay? And they're watching you, too. All right? And, and, and even people that are searching are watching you. Okay? More and more today than maybe ever, I think, in our country. If you're a Christian, you kind of have a target, don't you? You know? And in the world we live in, the social media era, I mean, my goodness, they can watch you 24 hours a day. I mean, I... I'm barely on social media, but what I see, oh my goodness, I just want to shout at the top of my lungs this week, just because you can doesn't mean you should, all right? I wanted to say it over and over and over again, Stuart, can I get an amen, right? I mean, golly, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Social media is like, I mean, that is example number one of it, right? Everybody should get a warning sign before they post something It says that, just because you can doesn't mean you should. I just almost want to write it on the top of my computer just to help myself. You know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And that's Paul's point here. He says, you know, you need to recognize this. You need to recognize that people are watching you. You need to recognize that what you do matters. And it isn't about the food. It isn't about the wine. It isn't about the party. It isn't about all of that. People are watching you. And that's what he's talking about there in verses 9 through 13. Look at what he says again. But take care that this right of yours, this right to do whatever it is you found that's within your rights under God's word, that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged if his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols? And so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed. So what Paul's saying is, is listen, it's not worth it. If one person stumbles, if one person is kept from Christ, if one person is negatively impacted because I'm eating food out in a restaurant or at somebody's house, I'm not going to do it, right? I'm not going to do it. He says something very similar. If you read over into Romans chapter 14, um, a whole section that talks about this in Romans chapter 14 and verses 20. In 21, he speaks to this also. He says, Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. Paul says it doesn't matter. I don't care about the food. I don't care about the wine. I don't care about the loophole. What I care about is... My brothers, my sisters, those around me, those people that are watching me, their life is what matters. Okay, I'm not gonna put my self-interest, my my desires, okay, above theirs. I wanna make sure that I, I live a way, okay, that's pleasing to God and is an example for them to follow. That's his point here. So his his message to all the the, the wine drinkers, the Christian parties is listen, my right to not be a legalist, my right to, to drink because Jesus drank and I found a luco, my right to go do this and have my little parties and post it on Facebook so everybody can see it, my right to do that does not matter if it hurts one person, right? Does not matter if it hurts one person. Why did he say that? Because just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because you've got that right doesn't mean it's something that you necessarily need to exercise. And I'll give you an example, real-world example. I'm not going to use names, okay, but a, a very well-known person that if I told you who it was, you'd know it. Someone raised in the church, preacher of God's Word, okay, that, that does this. That this made, a, this made a, a stand to say, listen, I have the right to drink. Don't look at me that way. Don't be a legalist. I can drink. I don't get drunk, but I like to drink. I enjoy wine. I enjoy a good glass of Sasekia insignia, all right? I like it, okay? Well, this person just happened to be at a wedding, okay, a well-known wedding and was drinking. No big deal, right? Not going to matter at all. I'm within my rights, my loophole. Well, just happened to be a, another young man there, probably were many, one that I know of, that at the time, I believe, was probably 19, okay? Was there at the wedding with him and I, Came home and after that wedding said to his father, I don't know why in the world you're always harping on me not to drink. You know, you're telling me it's something I shouldn't do. I thought, well, whoa, back up, where'd all this come from? Well, I was just at this wedding and so and so, I saw him drinking. Must be okay for me too. 19 years down the drain, just like that. Got to start over. Now You has got to tell him, okay, well, all right, now I've got to change this. Okay, you can drink again. You've got to multiply it by your weight and divide it by three and figure out exactly how much you can, okay, and don't go over. And I've got a whole host of other rules and regulations I need to put on you also. You know, don't drive when you do it and, you know, be careful, you know, if you're around other people that, that may not have the same tolerance level as you because, you know what, you may be getting them drunk and then there's all kinds of issues with that, okay. But in one second, somebody that thought they were in their right, that had found their loophole, had their little gray area, destroyed a life. How many other people you think that were there watching that? I mean, how much good could come out of that person exercising their right to live within the loophole? I mean, what good came out of it? Because he liked it? Enjoyed it? Was he trying to make a point? Was that the issue? Was, listen, don't tell me what to do. I'm a progressive Christian. I live in 2016, that's a long time ago when that was really relevant. Today, not that big of an issue? Is that that the way we should think of it? And is drinking the only thing? You think that would be the only thing that would fall into this bucket of actions that might mislead or hurt people or cause your brother to stumble? Probably lots of things, right? probably maybe a movie maybe you shouldn't see I tell you you know maybe it's maybe it's i want to do something special for my son or daughter i want to take them to a cowboys game it just happens to be on sunday morning and you know i go to church on sundays sounds pretty harmless maybe it is really my point is you need to think about it cuz that son or daughter is watching how you make your decisions your priorities You know, it's not about the game, you know. Just like I say often at Prestonwood, you know, it's not about the fact that we have uh, third graders practicing on Sundays. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not a legalist. We've had legalist discussions in my house quite a bit. It's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is you got to be careful. you got to think about it, though. Right? We as a church need to think about it. Because it's the appearance that matters, isn't it? Because people are watching. People are watching. We can explain it. It's all very explainable. It, you know, we're not being legalists. And, 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 and listen, and, you know, I go to church on a different time. And, and, you know, we're helping people. And we're serving. And, you know, and, and we're witnessing to people. But, you know what? People are watching. So we have to be careful. We have to prioritize, don't we? We have to decide whether or not that's important enough for us to potentially lead somebody else astray. Because that's really what's at issue here. I mean, I know even for me, when I go out on Sunday mornings, this this is going to be crazy, sound crazy to you. Actually, when I walk out to get my paper, sometimes I feel guilty. I see all these people driving by and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to think that all I do is lay around on Sunday mornings. I don't go to church. I just read my paper. I feel like I want to like take a big sign out there and say, no, I went last night and I promise I spent a lot of time at church. and, And I know, don't get the wrong idea. Now, I don't feel that way at all because I feel guilty in myself. I mean, we spend seven hours here on Saturday. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you could point to that would be actions that potentially are harmful, right, to people around you. And everybody, everybody is watching. Everybody's watching. So the point here is be aware of this. Be aware. Don't be focusing on the loophole right? Focus on, on living a life that's pleasing and acceptable to God all the time, all right? Don't, don't try to get in the gray areas. Try to stay in the middle. And I could give you verse after verse after verse after verse that would help you with this, right? But I'm going to give you just two, okay? Just two, okay? From Romans 12, verse 1. It says that you are to be a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And what if you went on and read into verse two, you'd say, and, and do not be conformed, what? To this world. A living sacrifice, a living example. When I was a kid, I used to have people tell me all the time, do as I say, not as I do. I never could understand that. I, it was always an excuse for anybody that told me that, right? For them to do something really bad, all right? And they wanted me to close my eyes, I'd never seen this bumper sticker, but when I was researching for this, I saw that there's a bumper sticker out there that says, don't follow me, follow Jesus. Have you seen that? Well, that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Is that the way we're supposed to live? Don't, please don't look at me, just look at Jesus. I mean, it's great to keep your eyes focused on Jesus, but that's not, that's not the way we should live our life, is it? That's not the goal. I mean, that would be my second verse that I would give you that would back this up. All right, and it's in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. Paul says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Now, a lot of people don't like that verse or they think it's not applicable to them because they say, okay, well, that's Paul. He's an apostle speaking from God. He's a leader. Surely that's not talking about me. No, it is. It is. You need to live your life. I need to live my life like Christ. And I need to hope that people are imitating me as I do. That's the essence of discipleship. It's the essence of discipleship. Be an imitator of me. Follow what I do. And I'll tell you what, if you're following, think about that for a second. That'll put a lot of weight on you, right? To think somebody's following you. That's one of the great things about discipleship. One of the great things about discipleship, not only does somebody get to pour into you and you get to pour into them, but if you're discipling somebody, it is an accountability. I guarantee you it is an accountability because you know somebody's following you. You got to be careful where you lead them, right? What did it say in this? It said it was a sin against Christ to lead your brother astray is a sin against Christ. That's pretty high it's standard right there, isn't it? I mean, those are some high stakes. To sin against Christ to lead my brother astray. Listen, what we do matters. What we don't do matters, right? The Bible in 1 Thessalonians 5 says that we are to flee from all evil. All evil. Even the gray areas can be evil. You've got to be very, very careful. And knowing the loophole, okay, knowing that there's a way around it doesn't change any of this. Okay? You still have to be careful. Watch what you're doing. You're, you're accountable to everybody that's watching you as a Christian. Be an imitator of me as I am of Christ. Be an example, a living sacrifice. I love Charles Spurgeon. I quote him all the time. In fact, I do a discipleship for a guy, and he was, we were going through it this morning, and every week I send him a A a, a verse from the Bible or multiple verses and some questions and I give him a quote and probably every other week I use Spurgeon he said man you are hooked on Spurgeon I am and I've got another good quote from him it said I would sooner bring one sinner to Jesus Christ and unravel all the mysteries of God I would sooner bring one sinner to Jesus Christ and unravel all the mysteries of God that knowledge that's what that's about there that knowledge doesn't matter Knowing the loophole like all these did, that doesn't matter. If it causes one person to stumble, it doesn't matter. One damaged life doesn't matter. None of this matters. None of the knowledge, none of the loopholes, it doesn't matter. Because the bottom line is, okay, you can lead people to Jesus or you can trip them up along the way. You can lead them to Jesus or you can trip them along the way. Because they're watching every day somebody is watching how you live your life. So listen, I'm just closing with this, just what I started with. So for me, this would be be what I'd try to capture out of this lesson is just to be careful. Just to be careful, okay? You're not going to hell if you live in the loophole, all right? I'm not sitting here telling you what to do. I'm not trying to be a legalist, but I'm telling you to be careful. Be careful and remember, okay? Just because you can, doesn't mean you should, right? Amen. All right, let me pray for us. Father, thank you for this time we get to spend together every week. Lord, I pray, God, for each and every one of us, Lord, that, uh, Lord, that you would first and foremost put us in a place where, Lord, others are dependent on us. God, that, that we're held accountable by someone else that, that is following us, looking up to us and how we live our lives. I also pray, Lord, that that you would give us an awareness, uh, Lord, of those around us. And Lord, just let us recognize and remember that that this world is watching. That people around us are watching. That Christians are watching. Those who need Christ are watching us. The way we live our lives matters. So Lord, I pray, God, that that you would help us, Lord, as we kind of walk through this difficult life here on earth, that we all have to live, Lord. Let us be focused, Lord, on you. Lord, let us not take our eyes off of you. Let us not focus on the loopholes, but let us focus on you, Lord. And we know that when we are imitating you, Lord, we want others to imitate us. So, Lord, I pray, God, that you would just give us that strength, Lord, that focus to do that every single day of our life. God, I thank you for everybody in this room, and I pray, Lord, that you would bless them in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen.